Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us today for Stay Free with Russell Brand. Thank you for rejecting the mainstream narrative and legacy media corruption in favour of an opportunity to build something beautiful together. If you're watching us on YouTube, click the link in the description and follow us over to Rumble where we can speak more freely. We've got some fantastic content. I'm having a conversation right now with Jeff Garner, who's an eco-fashion designer whose new documentary, Let Them Be Naked, exposed among other things, the toxins prevalent in our everyday clothing and is trying to revolutionize the industry. If you're watching us on YouTube, join us over on Rumble for yet another story that demonstrates how the world we take for granted is pervasively toxic, whether it's our food or even our clothing. I've not heard about this story before, so I'm fascinated to meet Jeff Garner. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've never heard of it before, and it's one of those things, I suppose, that takes a little bit of introduction because it's like, I suppose eating processed food, which we're all becoming a little more aware of, something that we just take for granted, that fast fashion, easily accessible clothes are sort of part of life now. They're beyond the luxury. They're something that we feel entitled to. And while occasionally we might think, oh, are these being made in sweatshops exploitatively in some far-flung land? That's the kind of thing we've become aware of in the last 10, 20 years. I've not mm -hmm. considered the possibility that the process of, the cl of making the clothes could somehow be toxic to the people wearing them. But what have you learned, yeah. Jeff? Well, you know, I've been doing this 25 years and that's why I called it Let Them Be Naked because the idea is that it's better to be nude than to be clothed in synthetics because, you know, if you break it down and look at history, we basically, when we started clothing ourselves with synthetics after the war, for example, we ran out of silk, silk parachutes, so we created nylon in the laboratory, right? So DuPont created it, but we never studied the synergy of effect. What does that nylon do when a lady goes from silk stockings to nylon stockings, right? And that's what we're into today because as we learn in the food industry, we have like, you know, what we put in our bodies affects our bodies, but we never thought about what, what we put on our skin, how our skin is permeable. It goes into, it goes into the bloodstream. And we've proven this through science, but you know, nobody's connected the dots, so to speak. And so that's what this doc is all about. It's like, I'm connecting the dots showcasing that yes if we put this nylon that's non-breathable that has toxins in it it does enter the bloodstream it does enter your body it does cause effects right so and there's all these synergies so you know for example like say you go out running today and then you sweat and you have this mark underneath your armpit that's the aluminum in your deodorant mm. mixed in with the heavy metals in your dyes so it's just science that's so there's a effect that happens so what happens to your body, right? And nobody's studying this because why would a fast fashion company put money into research to study what they already know is prevalent, which are toxins in their fabrications and it's going to affect the human health. So nobody's going to put money into it. So that's why I had to do this talk because I know too much and I had to go to my friends and say, hey, I need some some money to do this talk to expose this because more people need to know because my mom she basically passed with breast cancer two years ago. If she would have known that potentially there's these carcinogenic, you know, toxins in this bra, in this nylon polyester bra that could cause breast cancer, well, she would have chosen differently. And that's the whole point of this. So, you know, without getting too heavy into the science of it, but that's why I'm doing it. So, yeah. 
Thank you. Tell me, mate, what evidence is there that microfiber toxicity can create respiratory, immune and gastrointestinal health infects? I take your point that there is no appetite for expenditure on unprofitable advances. We've talked about this a lot in big pharma. No one will expend significant sums proving, for example, that natural immunity is effective or vitamin D or numerous now notorious medications that potentially would have been effective in treating coronavirus. It's just one obvious prevalent example. And in big food, it's plain and apparent that excessive salt, sugar, uh, artificial uh, implementation uh, and even preservation can be detrimental to diet. And more broadly, holistically, it's becoming apparent and obvious that our species and our kind have to look at ethnographic and anthropological information when it comes to designing a way for living, i.e. if we lived favorably in tribes of 100 people for hundreds of thousands of years in harmony with our environment, eating what grew, when it grew, and that was beneficial. Even like now they do those studies in the Blue Zone. I was watching that documentary the other day with that dude and like in places like Okasana, I think it's called, and some provinces within Italy, they when they... Uh, undertake these studies it's generally people hang out with their friends and eat food that grows nearby and remain active essentially live in harmony with our own evolution so obviously i'm completely open to the idea that in the pursuit of profit in the pursuit of fast turnover in the pursuit of effective fast dying techniques and manufacture techniques and fast durability shortcuts are taken i mean the nylon example is usually used to demonstrate the ingenuity of collaborative enterprises in New York and London famously and of course it solved a significant problem at a historic time but I am seriously interested in the possibility that something we take for granted, like the clothes that we wear, is just yet another one of those areas where our unconscious assumptions lead us to make decisions that we wouldn't make if we were well informed. So is there any evidence that uh, that there's uh, the, that the lymphatic system is inhibited, for example, uh, by um, the, you know the fibers used in the clothing you described and uh, elsewhere? What evidence is there, whilst I appreciate it's often difficult to come by evidence that is unprofitable evidence. Sure. There's a great book called Dress the Kill that Sid Singer did years ago, and he basically did a study in Fiji. And he basically, you could imagine, you know, as all tests, you have to have a case study in which you had women in Fiji that never wore a bra before. And then you had, he basically put half of them in bras and kept the other half without bras. So what he discovered was, was basically the women that were in bras, 90% of them developed cancer. And so you can read his study and it, it's basically been buried, you know, a few times in that sense, but it, um, you know, it, it's, it's been out there, but it's been buried because you got to understand there's companies out there that don't want this to be known. There's, you know, chemical companies that I've, I've made billions, 37 billion a year off of putting these toxins in the clothing and manufacturing. So yeah, there's ample proof, ample studies, you know, um, and basically, you know, in that book, it goes into detail exactly what, you know, the problem that resides is simply, you know, bioaccumulation levels. For example, you know, you're talking about earlier about the respiratory system. So as you can understand, like smoking took a long time to prove that it causes lung cancer, right? So now we're in that same kind of space where we're trying to prove that these, these chemicals off gas in your clothing. For example, if I'm in the sun 
and I'm sitting in polyester nylon, it's going to off gas carbon monoxide, right? So it happens in our, in our cars. Say you have a cloth, you know, covered car seat and you close the windows and it sits in the sun. It's going to off gas. You open that car door, you're going to smell that ammonia. And that's the off-gassing. So that new car smell, that's going to go into your lungs. It's going to affect your respiratory system. So it's these kind of things that we don't think about on a daily basis because we think some, you know, somebody approves that this is sitting on a shelf, selling a retail store, and it's safe for us. And that's not, that's not what's happening. So, um, yeah, in this doc, we're going to go through obviously the science and the proof and all that. But the problem is it's, it's spread out. It's in all different years, all different categories. There's books, there's, you know, published studies, and we're putting it all together so that people can like just see the, you know, see the, the steps and see all the connection points and all the synergies. And that's, that's the important part. So no, I can't sit here and, and say, Hey, there's this one book or there's one study that proves it all because it hasn't been put together. So part of the endeavor of your documentary is to uh, co correlate and compile the various pieces of evidence that suggest that the fashion industry or not even the fashion industry, maybe just clothing, fast consumed fashion, the needless consuming and endless acquisition of commodities has detrimental side effects. Now, this is something that I guess most of us are to a degree unaware of. Certainly me, I was thinking then about like, what about the t-shirts that we're selling, like our merchandise, which raises money for our foundation that will now make donations individually to people with addiction and mental health issues that no doubt that's, you know, that was, we've sort of gave that to cost-effective t-shirt manufacturers. So that's probably the sort of stuff that's affected in this way. And it's interesting yeah. that even something like this that can seem somewhat niche very quickly, if you'll forgive the pun of the image, once you start to unravel those threads, you see it starts becoming connected to systems of aggregation and consumerism that are fully immersive experiences for us, whether it's the way that we eat food, the clothing that we wear, the shoes that we wear, the TV that we watch, the way that we use technology. We're living in a curated reality that just doesn't apply basic common sense. Like it's plain that synthetic materials will not harmonize easily with the processes of our evolution. But as, as you have pointed out, there is no appetite to demonstrate the problems of toxicity inherent within these models because it will mean a lot of money will be lost. My understanding is that we're wearing more clothes than ever, purchasing more clothes. Uh, is it 80 billion pieces of clothing? each year that we're just consuming mindlessly products that it's possible are possibly intoxicating and detrimental. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you talk about your merchandise, for example, I started in band merchandise when I was young in Nashville. I did all the rock and roll bands and the plastisol ink is what's used to set the ink, you know, so you run through these dryers and I learned very quickly, like, wow, nobody's wearing masks and this person's getting sick. And so, yeah, it, it, there's, it's pretty much in every, you know, element of production. So the reality is we don't have, you know, these policies that are protecting not only the workers, but also ourselves from wearing it because there is a disconnect. People think that the, 
you know, that these chemicals set in your clothing. They don't wash out. That's the other thing. So imagine all the washing that we do. So if you're working out in, in gym wear, you're going to go sweat in the gym. Well, these fabrics aren't permeable. They hold smells. So you ever walk by somebody, you can really smell them at a gym. You know, I work out at Soho Farmhouse and I'm like, what is going on? I'm wearing hemp. You know, I don't have to wash my hemp boxers every time I wear them. That's the other thing. Like these natural fibers are going to breathe. They're going to, you know, you can wear them more often. You don't have to wash them as much. So there's all that water usage. There's detergents that have all these chemicals in it as well. These toxins that they don't have to disclose because they're protected as they're like special ingredient. So you could see where it's just really taken over in our fashion world. And that's why they say it's the second, you know, most pollutant industry. And it really is. That's something that you can change quickly and easily. Um, you know, all your listeners could literally go home today and change their detergents. And that's a very quick, beautiful fix because that will change what the water, you know, I live next to the ocean. It's going to go straight in the ocean. It's going to go in our water streams, et cetera. So, you know, all these things are, are connected. Um, so, yeah, so it's important. At Community Festival this year, Vandana Shiva, activist and world teacher, gave me a scarf that was grown from cotton that is non-patented seeds, woven by people using traditional practices, dyed with natural indigo. And she explained to me that this piece of fabric was revolutionary, bypassing, as it does, many of the systems of control that dominate Indian agriculture and textile manufacture. And of course, Gandhi, that great imperature for disobedience, revolution, opposing imperialism, began many of his campaigns with the simple assertion that he would only wear homespun cloth that he himself was in control of. I sense throughout culture, whether it's food or farming, which are obviously ideas that are connected now with what you're talking about, fashion, within diet, throughout the world, it seems that people are awakening to the idea that what is required are decentralized models. As long as we are aggregating and operating with with top-down structures where a few monopolies or extremely vast enterprises are able to control markets, often because of practices like you describe, fast turnaround, chemical support, lack of investigation in alternatives, lack of local alternatives, inability for proper competition, inability even to have ordinary craft and indigenous design and indigenous practices. Because of this tendency, it's almost like every area of ordinary life is dominated by consumerism, dominated by profit, and things like the potential toxicity are kind of lost by the wayside. So it can become quite revolutionary to step outside of these systems. So I suppose uh, what you're proposing Jeff, is that, you know, oh, well, where possible, we step outside of these ecological, ecologically unwise systems. But even then, when you mentioned the detergents and stuff, I feel like things like that are more expensive. And I bet with like the sustainable fashion, is that the first thing that happens? Oh, it becomes more expensive. People can't afford it because that's the reason a lot of people are eating terrible food, right? It's because it's cheap, it's available, and there's not enough awareness about the alternatives. Exactly. So yeah, you nailed it. So we're, we're dealing with not only with awareness, but addiction. So people are addicted to cheap price points, right? So that's to do with clothing as well. They can go buy a new date outfit this weekend and H&M's are, et cetera, for 
20 bucks. I can't even buy the fabric for that amount. So, mm. you know, what I like to tell everyone and all my buddies ask the same question is like, we're dealing with a true cost issue. So for example, t-shirts in the seventies were sold for $7. They're still sold today for $7, but gas has gone up, you know, food has gone up, housing has gone up. Why isn't clothing? Well, if you go backwards, you learn why because of unfair, you know, ethical trade. Hmm. They're labor practices, you know, cheap ingredients, cheap fabrication. So, you know, until we educate everyone to say, hey, this, the reason why I make this hemp t-shirt for $40 is because that's my true price. That's my true cost of buying the hemp because hemp takes more, you know, to make, et cetera. And my plant-based dyes that I hand do take more. So until we can turn it over and help people join this movement of, hey, wearing natural fibers are better for you. You're not going to drive that commerce is going to help get it cheaper. And so we're kind of stuck right now because we want to be give that availability to everyone. But the fact is, I would go broke if I made a $7 t-shirt. I would be paying for everyone's t-shirt. Obviously, there needs to be a sort of a profound ideological shift. We need to break away from the model of disposability and consuming, of course, the easily accessible off-peg items produced elsewhere using technology and techniques that may be detrimental, even carcinogenic. It takes us kind of a step. When people talk about like the radical change that's plainly required in the world, I sometimes wonder what that will feel like what would it feel like to untether yourself from media that doesn't like you and wants you done what would it feel like to untether yourself from food that is toxic to stop consuming in order to make yourself feel better of course i know that there's something that i do i'm still someone who like tries to make myself feel better by buying something or watching something rather than staying deeply attuned to what it is i'm experiencing allowing sadness or fear or grief to pass through me sooner just grab grab something off the peg to soothe it or stuff some sugar down my mouth in order not to feel it. You know, it's a, in a sense, it becomes quite seismic to reharmonize with nature in a kind of somewhat arcane way, but just due to the nature of the processes of civilization, it is a form of progress to recognize these models aren't working. This quick fix food that is processed and quick fix consuming and adorning yourself with fabrics that are potentially toxic. It's not like the model is working. Everywhere you look, you see that people are in despondency and despair. Everyone is suffering because they can't afford fuel or food. But meanwhile, the industries behind these products continue to prosper, where we're given information that just doesn't make sense to us anymore. So whilst what you're suggesting in some ways feels like radical and in some ways difficult to grasp, for me, I believe it's part of an essential holistic and fundamental change that is necessary. And I suppose your opportunity to convey that to a large audience is going to come in the form of your documentary, Jeff. So I understand you're in the process of making it now where are you in the process we're about halfway through filming uh we just got done with london fashion week we had a show at burlington arcade um so i showed a new collection there again trying to build it up but yeah i mean the documentary documentary world is new to me i I, you know i'm a designer i've been doing it for 15 years showing for 10 and i learned very quickly i've been i've done shows at edinburgh castle at Chateau Fontainebleau in Paris. I've done these beautiful shows, but I realized those 600 people would see the show. 
that's a small minute amount to make a change. So I realized, you know, I have to go through this medium of a documentary and that could help create it because, you know, you got a lot of articles coming out, books coming out. What happens is, as you are well aware, is that PR will spin things, right? And so these chemical companies obviously have more money than I do. These these fast fashion company has more money than I do. So they're going to spin things. For, for example, Victoria's Secrets was sued by 600 women for breast cancer. Um, and they be, they were able to spin it saying it was the the wire and the bra versus this, the fabrication, right? So so then it's an easy fix. They don't have to change their production. They don't have to change their fabric. They can still make their bralettes for $14. And, you know, nothing changes. They just change the wire from metal to plastic. Because metal is a conduit of radiation. Like you can get it from your cell phone. You can put it in your bra, et cetera. Um, and anyway, so they were able to, to shift that. So, um, you know, we actually interviewed the woman in the dock who first who filed the suit. We also there's also these uniforms. You probably heard about airline uniforms and this one particular airline. Uh, this, this designer, Zach Posen, created a polyester purple uniform. I've interviewed this one mother was lactating purple milk from the uniform. That's an issue, right? So there, there are things that we've already discovered. We got about half, you know, another month worth of filming. They were going to launch it in February, hopefully with the Oscars. Um, and that's kind of our plan. So, you know, I, you know, I'm doing this for every mother out there, for every individual, everybody that has prostate cancer. I just want to give back the power of choice to consumers. And that's why I make, you know, hemp boxers for my buddies because they don't have an alternative. You know, there, there's something in the boxers and polyester. There's a positive and negative ion. And when they hit, like when you're a kid and run across a carpet and you could shock your brother or sister, that is, that's, that's what's happening to your scrotum. That's shocking. So there's, there's a reason why we have issues with impotence today and, you know, childbearing issues and et cetera, because it's, it stems from what we're wearing. And we just don't realize it because men went from wearing wool boxers to cotton boxers, DVDs, to now these sexy spandex tight, you know, boxers. And we, we don't even think about it because we're just, you know, men are like, let's put it on, let's go hunt, let's go run, let's do whatever. We don't think about it. Um, so that's why I'm doing it. Wow, that's yeah. fascinating, mate. Well done. And you're right. Yeah, there has been, I feel like, fertility rates have dropped by maybe 50% in males. So as well as dietary and environmental factors, clothing is plainly a component. And I hope that your documentary does the necessary work of revealing where further research is required in order to demonstrate the shortcomings of an industry that seems to be part of the immersive consumer experience, which in itself facilitates just more unconscious behavior, which appears is in some cases, literally killing us. Uh, you can follow Jeff's work by going to prophetic, that's with a K.com. We'll post the link in the description and look at the trailer for his new documentary, which is out in February at redfordcenter.org. We'll put both of those links in the trailer. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Ha uh, best of yeah, luck with your, both of your endeavors, your label and indeed your documentary. What you're wearing now, incidentally, looks terrific. And um, I, yeah, I'd be well into that shirt, plus that waistcoat <laughs> or vest, as a matter of fact. They're both things that you've designed, Alain. Yeah, absolutely. This is Madeira lace. You can't really tell, but mm. I did a project with Madeira. You know, the, the lace is uses tablecloths and now it's you know we did a collection made of gowns and dresses out of the Madeira lace because it's a dying art you got fabric you know linens in scotland you got other textilers that are making these 
these products and they're, they need help, you know? So, but yeah, this is dye with Indigo from Tennessee farm and houndstooth from London. Yeah, there you go. Beautiful. Yeah. Love the outfit. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'd love that. I'm well into the idea. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Garner, yeah, thank man. you so much, mate. Thanks very much for joining us. That is the right, end. Thanks for having me. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. That's the end of the show today. Joining us next week, we have Lee Fang, Stella Assange, Kim Iverson, and Tim Paul talking, of course, as usual, about the legacy media, military-industrial complex, big pharma, living entirely almost now in an immersive state of manufactured and managed information where dissenting voices and dissidents are shut down, even if that's simply in the realm of boxer shorts and personal hygiene. You can click the red button to join our locals community. We need your support now more than ever. In addition to supporting us, which seems ideologically important, let me know if you agree with that. You get guided meditations, readings, Q&A sessions, and all sorts of additional content. I want to thank some of our new supporters like Snow Mark, Flying Apple Tree, Claire Cross, John Hamill, Isabel1963. Thank you so much for joining us. It means the world that you're with us on this journey. Join us tomorrow, not for more of the same, but for more of the different. Until then, if you can, stay free. Many switching, switch on, switch off. Many switching, switch on, switch off. Many switching, switch on, switch off. Many switching, switch on, switch off.